Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we do thank you now just for the salvation you have purchased for us. A salvation that includes so much more than many Christians even come close to grasping. So many, Lord, only see it as a ticket into heaven. They really don't see the provisions you've made for us here in time. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you have positioned us in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he is our source of all things. And Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit work in each of our hearts. There in the upper room, Christ told his disciple regarding the coming of the Spirit that he would take those things which were Christ and make them known unto us. And he tirelessly does that, Lord, seeking to conform us to the image of your dear Son. Lord, we think of the chapter we're in right now, the chapter with rest. And Lord, the Christian life is not intended to be an endless struggle. There are labors, Lord, as we saw last week. But the labors are meant to bring us to a place of rest. A place where we cease from our own uh, efforts and we put our confidence in you regarding the things you've said you have, have done and the things you say you will do. So, Lord, we look to you for our time together this morning. We pray that your spirit would just open the eyes of our understanding to the truths you have prepared each of us to learn. First, in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, last week we started in on chapter 15. Uh, We'll finish it up this morning. Uh, The chapter on uh, rest. And, of course, he opened the chapter... Uh, with Hebrews 4 verses 9 through the uh, first half of verse 11. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into the rest. He talks, the writer of Hebrews talks about laboring to enter into rest. And we saw last week, you know, there's, you know, two, uh, intertwined halves here. There are labors and struggles in the Christian life. But they are meant to bring us, they are only meant to bring us to the point where we find the answer, and that is resting in God's provisions. Uh, the Christian life is not based upon our self-effort. It's based upon our faith in the, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, you know, we don't come to the place of resting in his provision until we've struggled a bit on our own. Uh, we only appropriate what we come to uh, see as a need. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, he makes the statement, you know, at one point, you know, that uh, 
all our struggles are not in vain. You know, they're necessary. But they're not the key that opens the door to reality. Rest is the key to entering into rest. The reality of the Christian life comes as we reach that place where we finally are willing to uh, just take God at his word. To uh, trust him. And as we cease from our own efforts and we begin to put our confidence in, in what he has done and is doing, then we, we do begin to experience uh, uh, rest. I, you know, we looked at that example that he had last week of somebody learning a language. And it starts out with a lot of struggle. You know, a lot of <clears throat> trying to learn these words, learn their sounds, learn how to say them. And for quite a while, you go on struggling, struggling, struggling. But he said, there comes a day when you realize you're no longer struggling with the language. You're, you're uh, realizing that it has grabbed hold of you. That you now think in that language. You now just inherently know what to say in that language. You aren't having it constantly try to translate things anymore. And so the labors were important, but, you know, you were uh, moving towards a point of rest where the language comes natural. And that's the way it is in the Christian life. There are labors that keep moving us forward. But... Uh, God's desire is to bring us to that place <clears throat> where it's <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> where it's no longer a struggle but where we're resting in um uh, what he has said and and we saw last week especially as we came to the end of our time together it's not like there's just one point in the Christian life where we come to rest it's multiple points it's as we learn to rest on different uh, truths. Uh, you know, uh, and we can kind of, if I can get my computer back up here. Just lost the signal. Huh? You lost the signal. Yeah. Hang on. that up there okay um you know we got just just leave it sweet there's no way i can have that up here with this it's going to be falling off and i'll just lay it on the floor here Uh, we were up to and my pages are different than yours so um the paragraph which starts out says, Yes, brought a long way, walking step, uh, a step at a time by faith. And he says, you know, first of all, we learn the rest of faith concerning our justification. You know, um, early on in your Christian life, I'm sure you struggled with a, uh, really being able to uh, rest in the fact that 
uh, your righteous standing before God wasn't based upon your life, but it was based upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, the renewing of our minds in that area uh, may have taken months or years of constantly going back and, and reminding ourselves, you know, I'm righteous in God's eyes because of the righteousness of Christ, not because of my own righteousness. And, you know, for quite a while, <clears throat> there's probably a struggle in that. But the day comes when you no longer struggle with that. You believe it. And it it's not that you're having to constantly say, I've got to have faith that I'm justified. I've got to have faith that I'm justified. I've got to have faith that I'm justified. You just believe that you're justified. It has become part of your very heart and mind. You know, I don't have to struggle to remind myself that I have a righteous standing in the eyes of God. I'm totally at peace with that. But it took time. And for, for uh, some of you may have come to that place of rest. Some of you may still be struggling towards that you know in a room like this we have people at all different ages spiritually and some who are younger in the Lord may still be struggling with seeing themselves as being totally righteous in the eyes of God hopefully those of you who have known the Lord for a while have come to a place of rest in that area but then he says you know once we come to rest there we come to uh, to rest in our acceptance. You know, early on, we struggled with, <clears throat> how can God possibly accept me? Especially in days when we're blowing it, spiritually speaking, when sin seems to be running rampant in our life. We're looking, saying, how can God accept me? And, and we're struggling and trying to figure out how uh, to win his acceptance. But hopefully as we spend time in the word and we come to understand our salvation more fully, there comes that point where we don't have to constantly say, I need to have faith that God accepts me. I need to have faith that God accepts me. I need to have faith that God accepts me. I just truly believe in my heart that because of the Lord Jesus Christ, God accepts me. And that's no longer a struggle. It's a, an issue of rest. And, you know, and he's, he's skipping over things as he goes here, but he says the rest of faith concerning our position in Christ. You know, at first, uh, we read in Scripture, you know, that we are new creations in Christ. You know, and initially we have to struggle to believe that. Why? Because I still look like that old creation. And so I struggle and I struggle and I labor to believe this. And I, you know, remind myself over and over again, I need to have faith in what God says. But hopefully as you grow in the Lord, you come to that place where you just naturally in your very heart see yourself as positioned in Christ. 
There's no longer a struggle there. It's the way you see yourself. He says, The rest of faith concerning our identification with Christ in death, resurrection, and ascension. And again, when we first start learning these truths, you know, we have to struggle some to believe them. To believe that in the eyes of God, Christ's death was my death. His resurrection is my resurrection. And I now hold uh, a position with the ascended Christ in the very presence of God. Yes, initially there's a struggle to believe this. But as we grow and as we consistently see these truths in the Word and as the Holy Spirit works in our heart, there comes a point of rest. But he says, each step established in the rest of faith brings us to the next one. And he says, each must be settled before the next can be rested on. And that's important. Um, You know, if you still struggle with justification, you aren't going to come to rest in your acceptance. Because if you're still struggling to to believe that you are righteous in the eyes of God, you aren't going to have a basis to rest in His acceptance. And, you know, if you haven't come to rest in His acceptance, you really aren't going to be able to rest uh, regarding the position you hold in the eyes of God. See, each of these is important. And you build on them. And that's why I say we come to rest on one thing, but then there's something else (laughs) to labor with and to come to rest in. It's a journey. uh, Learning to rest in this, learning to rest in that, learning to rest in another thing, each moving us further along. Yeah. yeah. It's important to note that that I understand the idea of uh, of the rest that we have in that particular teaching. But we've already got it, regardless. Oh yeah, the rest is is simply the fact that in our daily lives the struggle isn't there. Because some people believe that that God gives gives you things piecemeal. Yeah. And you know, yeah. If you do this first, then you'll get this. Or yeah. Get this. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And you know, we go back to the chapter on appropriation, where. Um, You know, Christian life is a journey of appropriation. Everything we need for time and eternity is already ours. But it's a journey to discover it and to take hold of it and to rest in it. Uh, And so, yeah, it's not that God's giving it to us piecemeal, but we're discovering it in steps uh, as we come to appropriate and, and rest in our uh, our justification, then we are ready to go a little further and learn a little bit more about what we have in, in Christ. You think that's what Paul meant in Philippians, to work out your own salvation? Uh, probably. Has, investigate it more yeah, more yeah, more yeah. More yeah. Keep, keep moving forward in it. 
Okay, he goes on and, and he says, It cannot be too strongly stated that unless the believer is firmly established in the steps of Romans 1 through 5, where, you know, he deals with uh, redemption and justification, uh, he cannot truly enter and rest in the truths of Romans 6 through 8, where he deals with our identification with our, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and where he deals with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So he said, you know, uh, and I, I think this is very important, that when Paul wrote Romans, there is a flow to it. And uh, what's seen in the early chapters of Romans are critical towards what we're going to learn in the latter chapters of Romans. And if you uh, don't uh, understand those first five chapters, you aren't going to be able to really grasp chapters 6 through 8. And unfortunately, there's many a message that's taught that skips over all 11 chapters and jumps in on chapter 12. Uh, Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of service. And there's this message on how we need to give our lives to serving the Lord, totally ignoring 11 chapters that's laid the foundation for it. And then we wonder why uh, Christians flounder and and become frustrated and at times want to throw up their hands and walk away from the Christian life. But there's an order to it. And he says, no matter how many special meetings and conferences he attends or so-called revivals he becomes involved in, he's saying, you know, it doesn't matter how many meetings you go to and how many revivals you attend, if you have not learned the foundational truths of who you are and what you have in Christ, all these meetings are not going to change anything. He says, Dr. James uh, of Albany, who was used to bring hundreds into deeper truths, declared that he usually found that failure in the higher stages of the Christian life was due to imperfect understanding <coughs> and acceptance of the gospel of salvation in its fundamental principles, things like justification, uh, you know, acceptance. It is a rare thing to be able to sit down and teach because <clears throat> what a morning <laughs> you're getting off easy I normally <laughs> sneeze six or eight times so mm. now, now where was I here um Okay, he says, it is a rare thing to be able to sit down and teach because in most settings today, one is limited to dealing with first principles of the oracles of God and to go little further than the basic facts of the new birth. You cannot deepen spiritual life that is not there. You will only build a skew if the foundations are not properly laid. A lack of appreciation of the wonder of a full salvation in Christ opens the door to every kind of overbalance and spells continual frustration and failure. And I think that observation is pretty pretty accurate. It is hard at times to sit down and teach because you have 
especially anything of any real depth because you're constantly dealing with believers who have no idea of the most basic truths of the Christian life. And I mean, there there is a, an advantage at times to having a, a group you're, you're teaching that are at a similar place and, uh, you know, are moving forward together. Because if you're trying to constantly bring in new believers and keep things down where they can understand it, you never go to any real depth. And that's the challenge in, a, in like a, a morning service, at, at a, uh, like with Thomas. Uh, you've got believers of all different ages out there and you're trying to uh, teach on a level that, that new believers can understand but then that holds back what you can teach uh, to those who are a little further along in the Christian life. And we do a, a, we have a Sunday evening Bible study going with a, a group, most of them from other, uh, or all of them, eh, no, not all of them, Maryland's there, uh, and Mike and Jane, most of them from other churches. Uh, but we're, we're actually going through the whole book. Uh, and it's been good because most of them started out very early with us, and and so we're building all the way along, and so we can keep moving further and further because we aren't having to keep going back and try to touch on the the most basic principles. Uh, we can go on the assumption, okay, we've covered this, uh, and hopefully you have a little bit of an understanding of it, and now we're going to move forward. And so, it, yeah, it is a, 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 a challenge and thing. And so he goes on, he says, Believers often manage to trust God for truths they need, only to slip from grace into the legal realm in seeking to produce the particular truth in their life or service. So he says, you know, a lot of believers, they come to the place where they say, okay, I really see what God has provided. I, I want it. But he said, along the line, they slip from grace into, he says, a legal realm. And the legal realm is, I'm going to do it. Okay? Uh, I've got to do something to make this happen. Do is one of the most dangerous words, I think, in the... <laughs> the Christian realm. What do I need to do? Uh, it's. Uh, I know the students are always saying, well, what do I need to do? Well, you need to have faith in what God has. No, but what do I need to do? Uh, we want to have something to do. And, Rick, yeah. mostly say get to know the Lord yeah. and His Word. Yeah. And out of that will flow what yeah, but yeah, it's just uh, it's so easy to fall back on on just relying upon self to try to produce what only God can do, and so that's why he says, once in possession of a truth, we are to rest; He is to produce. That's a pretty good statement. Once we come to see a truth of you know, what God reveals regarding us and our salvation. 
He says, once we have that truth in our hand, we're to rest. We are not to try to make it real. It is real. But God is up to God to bring the reality of it out into our daily experience. Now, this next statement is kind of interesting, and I think it's pretty accurate. He says, in actual experience, when we have apprehended our deliverance through death with Christ, the self-life often appears more alive than ever. I think some of you are probably experiencing that. You know, you're learning these truths and you're, you're wanting to count them as true. You're wanting to reckon upon them. That you died with Christ and that your old man has, has been crucified and, and you're, you're wanting to experience that freedom. And yet the self-life seems more alive than ever. But he says, just here, God would have us stand firm, rest upon his written word. He says, you know, when this happens, God wants us to just rest on what he says. And trust that he, in his timing, will bring it all to reality. He says the increasing revelation proves the surrender to the cross to be real. Because the Holy Spirit takes us at his word and reveals all that has been seen lying underneath reveals it that it may be dealt with by the cross so he's saying here why here's the reason why the self-life appears more alive than ever because as you're putting your confidence uh, in god christ's provision in this area the holy spirit actually brings to the surface a lot of things about the self-life that you haven't seen in the past. You came to this place seeing just a small part of what is involved in the self-life. But if we're to experience the freedom Christ has for us, we need to come to see with clarity all that's involved in the self-life. And so he says, part of the Holy Spirit's processing of us is to bring these things out into open, to let us see them with greater clarity. Our part, he says, is to yield our wills and take God's side against ourselves. You know, we're to simply yield our will to him and and quit trying to fix self, take God's side against ourselves, whilst the Holy Spirit applies the death of the cross to all that is contrary to him. That it may be really true that we who are of Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So we come to this place and he just says, look, rest, trust God. It's not up to you to fix the self-life. It's not even up to you to crucify the self-life. That has already been taken care of by Christ. It's up to you to trust God to deal with the self-life. 
in his way, in his time. Now he says, the faith that receives from the hand of the Father is in two stages. And he says, we are not to give up because the struggle and labor phase does not produce the prize. He says there's two phases, and the first phase is a struggle. A struggle and a labor. And he said, don't give up when that produce, it doesn't produce the prize, because it's not going to. It's not our struggles, it's not our labors that's going to cause us to experience the realities of these things. And he quotes from Hebrews 4.11, he said, um, he says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And he says, and do not let, uh, uh, and do not let us forget, faith begins being a labor or a fight, 1 Timothy 6.12, although it is consummated in a rest, Hebrews 4.3. That is to say, he says, the first stage of faith is always the battle of taking hold by the will, the heart, and the intelligence of some truth or promise which is not real to us in experience and declaring it to be ours in spite of, of appearances. Says the first phase is, our first stage is a battle. The battle as I try to, you know, take hold through my will, my heart, and my intelligence of some truth to actually believe it. Take God at his word concerning it. You know, to declare it to be ours, despite appearances. You know, one of those areas is you know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Uh, behold, all things have become new. It's a battle to actually come to believe that we are new creations. That we are not once we, uh, what we once were. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. He says, we do not appear to be dead unto sin and alive unto God. You know, Paul says, reckon accounted as true that you're dead unto sin and alive unto God. He says, we don't look that way. But we're told to believe it. Reckon it true. Count it true. And so we dare to do so and declare so. Why? Because God said it. Not because I've experienced it. Not because it's the way I look. I take God at his word. And this next statement is so true. A thousand times, maybe, faith will be assaulted and fall. Unbelief will say nonsense. And we shall belie our declaration of faith. But the labor of faith means that we deliberately return to the assault. He says, you may have to 
consciously remind yourselves of these things a thousand times. Over and over and over again. You say, I am not going to believe what my experience is telling me. I'm going to believe what God says about me. And so he says, once again, we believe and declare it. This we persist in doing. And so he says, as we thus follow in the steps of those who by faith and patience inherit the promises, a new divine thing will happen within us. He says, the Holy Spirit will cooperate with our faith as he is invisibly doing all the time. And to faith will be added assurance. We'll become certain of it. And he says, labor will be replaced by rest. So the labor's been there. And like I say, the labor may have involved a thousand times having to come back and remind ourselves of what God says. But ultimately, we will come to the place of resting in it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was so defeating. I thank the Lord for him because I've never forgotten it. But there was no one to talk to about why. I mean, everybody else is succeeding. But the thing is, nobody was talking about it. Yeah. It was just all failures. Yeah. 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 Well, and at times you can say, well, if I had heard it back then, maybe it'd gone one ear and out the other. You know, sometimes it it is that labor, that struggle that brings us to the place where we're ready to embrace and rest in what God has has said. Uh, a lot of times there's not a shortcut to getting there. Uh, but you, yeah, you do think at times that if believers at times were told earlier on in their Christian life some of these truths, whether it couldn't uh, shorten the journey a bit, or maybe not shorten the journey, but enable them to get further along the journey as they rested in other things and we're able to move further and further and further down the line uh, and I mean our whole Christian life is going to be uh, filled with labors and rest labors and rest you know but uh, yeah it's and, and there is so much out there that will tell you what you need to do 
but ultimately it comes down to, you know, Scripture says what? We are His workmanship. We aren't, we aren't pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. We aren't uh, making ourselves into the image of Christ. We are His workmanship. And uh, all too often we're trying to, to do His work. And, and it, it does get frustrating and discouraging. Uh, but hopefully it brings us to that place where we say, Lord, I can't do it. And uh, that's where he's saying, I've been trying to bring you to that point all along. of uh, You saying you can't do it, but he said, I can. Um, but you've got to put your confidence in me and what I say about you. You've got to believe what I say, that you are righteous in my sight. You, you are accepted in my sight. That you are set apart. That... You know, you have died with Christ and been buried with Christ and raised with Christ and you now hold a position in heaven in Christ. And Lord, you know, the Lord's calling us to just believe each of these things as he moves us forward in our Christian life. And so he says, the labor has been replaced. The consummation of faith has been reached. He says, true activity, and you know, we're always wanting to know what we need to be doing. He says, true activity is that which springs out of and is ever accompanied by rest. It is only as we know what it is to be still that we are ready to go forward. We rest on thee and in thy name we go. And so as it comes to the end of the chapter, he says, Let us take care lest we get out of the soul rest in seeking (coughs) further blessing. God cannot work whilst we are anxious, even about our spiritual experience. He says, Let us take him at his word and leave the fulfillment of it up to him. He says, Let's just take God at his word. That... He, we're his workmanship. He's at work in our lives. Quit trying to do it. And begin to rest in him. Now, brings us to the next chapter, which we won't start on today. But it's another interesting chapter. Chapter 16, I'll read just the opening statement because it always hits people. For most of us, it's time to stop asking God for help. He didn't help us to be saved, and he doesn't intend to help us live the Christian life. Chew on that one for the week. Uh, (laughs) We'll talk about it next week. But it's, uh, I think, a very accurate statement. Uh, And so we'll deal with that then. And we're through a few minutes early. Any questions? Yeah, Em. Yeah.
and like not wanting to depend on myself, but like just so much in my Christian life has been trying to figure out what that's supposed to look like. And I feel like the older I get and the more I fall or like get defeated, the more I think in my mind, the more simple it's become of just the whole idea of just fix your eyes on Jesus. Like that's that's it. That's the whole Christian life in a nutshell. Yeah. And it's like that's in every moment that's what I'm supposed to do. If I need to use that word, yeah. like what do I do in every moment? It feels like that's the solution to that moment, that dilemma, that problem, that struggle, that question, you know? And I just feel like that's almost like the whole battle in my Christian life in a nutshell is, yeah. is how do I, or, or just, yeah, learning what that means. Yeah. It's crazy how easy it is after being a believer this long to get up in the morning and put my feet on the floor and not think about him. Yeah. And start in my day and be defeated. Yeah. And then, you know, I hope I'm growing to more quickly recognize the Holy Spirit's voice. Yeah. Saying, oh yeah, you're looking at you, not at me. You know? Yeah. And I had kind of a tangible little example that I was seeing about this week just with Ani, and she was really struggling in school, and she's really kind of a perfectionist. She struggles with that, and really wanting to do everything right the first time, and when she can't, she's and I was talking to her this week about it, and I'm always like, oh, I need help. How do you, how do you help a nine-year-old live the Christian, know how to live the Christian life? You know. And I was just talking to her about like just the basic reality of that is when you when you are so stuck on your failure, you can know that is of the devil and of your flesh. And, and not of God. And your choice in that moment is, am I going to stay here in this situation looking at me, or am I going to believe what God says about me in this moment? Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, for her simple nine-year-old self, it's that God loves you, that God accepts you, that God made you unique and special. And, you know, it was just, I was sitting here, here telling her all these things and just feeling so like, wow, yeah, I need someone yeah 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 you know and to as we begin our day to do so with an awareness we have the holy spirit to guide us and our responsibility is to be sensitive to his promptings and trust him to guide our steps to uh, prompt us in in ways to respond to different things and to trust that he's going to use whatever comes along in the process of conforming us to the image of of, of Christ you know and so uh, we do have the Holy Spirit and it's not that we just stay in bed all day we get up and we move but we do have the spirit to to guide us along the way and to teach us and uh, to just trust that whatever comes into our life, God's going to use it. Even if we blow it, he's still going to use it and uh, in, in his endless processing of us. Okay, we're out of time now. Let me have a word of prayer. Lord, we do thank you just for the riches of your grace. Lord, we do pray that little by little we would learn to rest in one truth after another. And Lord, that... 
rather than our Christian life being an endless struggle, it might be a time of peace. Lord, we uh, think of the service ahead of us now. And Lord, we just, uh, again, want to see your name glorified in it. First in the person's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.